Do you think that you guys eat whole fish like that with your head? I know some Americans yeah. get doubts when they see your head. My my mom used to like try to get me to eat like the eyeballs of the fish. No, <laughs> oh, mom. <laughs> yeah, she but she would just be like gnawing on the head of the fish as well, and I, I could never get into it. Welcome to the Why in Psychiatry. Hi, this is Dr. Miles, CEO Fellow, where we delve into the intricate nuances of psychiatric topics. My name is Dr. Chandwara, attending psychiatrist. I did my residency from University of Connecticut, and then I did my fellowship from Georgetown University in consultation and liaison. Each episode features interview-style discussions that explore the intersection of the mind, medicine, and the human experience. Together, we'll uncover the hidden why and the groundbreaking discovery shaping the psychiatric landscape. So grab a seat, a warm beverage, tune in, and let's embark on this journey to unlock the mysteries of the human psyche. Only on The Why in Psychiatry. Welcome back to The Why in Psychiatry. Today, we are going to be continuing our series of strategy for choosing an antidepressant. Just to give you a quick reminder, our last episode, we talked about citalopram, escitalopram, paroxetine, and cetraline, and why not to choose these antidepressants. Today, we'll be talking about more antidepressants with fluvoxamine, fluoxetine, venifloxine, and duloxetine. As usual, I'm your host, Dr. Amayo, CL, consultant liaison, psychiatry fellow, and we have Dr. V. Hi, this is Dr. Hendrada. How are you guys doing? All right, so fluvoxamine is a medication that always stayed away from. I don't think I've ever prescribed fluvoxamine. See, it has a lot of side effects. Seems like it's not that effective. As a matter of fact, I don't even think I knew fluvoxamine was an antidepressant to like my third year of residency. So why or why not should we take fluvoxamine? Well, that's a great question. So a lot of people have either heard of fluvoxamine or they confuse it with fluvoxetine or they've not actually used it at all, right? They might have heard of it, but not gotten an opportunity to use it. With my experience and my practice, I've used fluvoxamine plenty of times. And especially I use fluvoxamine a lot in patients who have obsessive compulsive disorder. I sometimes combine fluvoxamine with clozapine, but you have to be very careful with that combination because it can increase the clozapine level. We'll talk about that. So fluoxamine is an SSRI, right? Uh, but it also actually has a good potency towards 5-HT3 receptors. And as we know, 5-HT3 receptors are present in your gut, as well as they are also present in your chemoreceptor trigger zone. So when you stimulate the 5-HT3 receptors, you can induce nausea and vomiting. Right? And we have medications that block this receptor, which are used as antiemetics like podansetron. So fluoxamine can stimulate 5-HT3. So the common side effects that you see during the first one to two weeks is headache, nausea, and vomiting. Right, So always tell the patients to take fluoxamine with food. Right? But the 5-HT3 receptors will downregulate over a period of time, like in a week or two weeks, and the side effects will subside. Right? Now, fluoxamine is a great antidepressant. Once you start tolerating it, you have to dose it in the evening uh, because it's sedating. But because of the short half-life, you have to dose it twice a day. But now you have an extended formulation of fluoxamine, which you can give once a day in the evening. It's an SRI safe in liver disease. You can prescribe it to patients with cirrhosis. It is safer in pregnancy. 
It's safer in cardiac disease as well as in renal disease. It's not the choice in renal disease. Renal disease, the choice is going to be either sertraline or fluoxetine. But the, but the patient has not tolerated sertraline or fluoxetine. And you don't have anything else you can use fluoxetine. And as Dr. Amayo just mentioned, there's a lot of drug-drug interaction. Three cytochromes. Cytochrome 1A2, cytochrome 2C19, and cytochrome 3A4. So you have to be very careful when you're combining fluoxamine in patients who are on a bunch of cardiac medications or they are on a bunch of anticonvulsants or if they're on a mood stabilizers. So you have to be a little careful. You have to look at the drug interaction. I'm not going to go through each and every medications that it interacts with, but something to look for when you're prescribing fluoxamine. Now, there's also a study that was done where fluoxamine is combined with clozapine to reduce the weight gain caused by clozapine, right? Because it's an inhibitor of cytochrome 1A2, it prevents the breakdown of clozapine to a metabolite called norclozapine, which is considered to be cytotoxic, which can also cause weight gain. But the problem here is that you have to be very careful in clozapine level, because if you do not monitor the clozapine level, you can reach a toxic level of clozapine. And we know what happens actually the clozapine level is too high, right? You can actually develop agranulocytosis as well as seizures. And also keep an eye on acute myocarditis, the clozapine, right? So these are both questions, side effects of clozapine, right? Acute myocarditis is something that is commonly missed by people actually when they are on clozapine. So you can combine fluoxamine with clozapine. It's an off-label use to prevent the weight gain, but be careful, monitor the clozapine level. Does it make sense? Makes sense. A lot to come over through Luxembourg. None of it was there. It was that special. All right. So big highlights here. It's a 5-HT3 agonist. So you get a lot of headaches and nausea when you're first starting. So take with food, take at night. Short acting medication, but there is a long acting version of it. It beats 1A2, 2C19, and 3A4. For that 1A2, you can use it in combination with Clozapin to help reduce the uh, metabolite clozapine. And hopefully that would help reduce the weight gain. But be careful, you might increase the level of clozapine. Good in liver, I was wondering, with all this, with all these reactions with the uh, CYP enzymes, why is it still good with liver? Because it does not go through post-pass metabolism. No. It doesn't have a too high a plasma protein binding. Yeah. So it is much safer. So even though liver doesn't, do much with it. It still affects the enzymes in the liver, but it can be metabolized and excreted even if you have lower liver function. And it's safe in pregnancy. Not too crucial in renal. Okay, so those are the highlights for fluoxamine. Now, let's talk about fluoxetine. I think fluoxetine is your favorite. <laughs> fluoxetine, it's a great medication. I don't use that a lot. Uh, do, the, do, the big pharma pay you for fluoxetine? <laughs> Fluoxetine is a great medication. Don't get me wrong, all right? So the thing with fluoxetine is that it has a long half-life. So on one hand, it's good for patients who are non-compliant with pain, right? But on the other hand, it is very difficult to take the patient off the fluoxetine and start them on something that is inhibited by fluoxetine, right? So when you're doing a cross-titration, it becomes a little bit tricky when you're using uh, fluoxetine. So let's talk about fluoxetine, right? I do use fluoxetine. It's not that I don't use it. I do use it in younger population who are not on too many 
medications like cardiac medication or uh, cholesterol lowering medications or anti-diabetic things like that. Now, the biggest advantage of fluoxetine is a long half-life, right? It's just in the system, so you don't have to worry about patients drawing when they miss one or two doses. And in psychiatry, we know that patients are non-compliant with medications, right? So we never actually ask the patient, hey, have you been forgetting your medication? But the best question to ask is, we all forget to do things, right? How many days in a way have you forgotten or not to take your medication? That's a better way actually to put it. And the patients will come forth and say, hey, I missed one or two doses. And that's very normal, right? So it's great actually in that situation. Patients are forgetting medications. You cannot prescribe them through waxamine because it has a short half-life they will withdraw or peroxidine. So that is the biggest advantage of fluoxetine, right? In the long half-life. Even after you stop the fluoxetine, it takes five weeks for fluoxetine to be flushed out of the system. So again, the dose titration, you have to be careful, right? You have to titrate the dose once every four weeks because the steady state takes about four weeks. So if you do a very rapid titration, you can actually induce toxicity. Fluoxetine is safer in patients with renal disease. So the two antidepressants we prefer is fluoxetine or sertraline in patients with renal disease. In patients with liver disease, you can actually give it, but be a little careful. It's not like the total contraindication in patients with liver disease. Pregnancy, you can prescribe fluoxetine in patients with pregnancy, right? The two plus fluoxetine is also considered to be safer in patients who have uh, cardiac disease. You can actually give it to them, but also let's make sure that you look at the drug interaction, okay? Because it can interact with a lot of cardiac medications. Fluoxamine. Luoxetine also inhibits a bunch of cytochrome. Okay. So it can inhibit cytochrome 2D6, 2C19, and 3A4. And we know that a lot of medications are metabolized by these medications, especially 2D6 is involved in the metabolism of a lot of cardiac medication. So you have to be careful with that particular interaction. Very careful combining luoxetine also with a medication called clopidogrel which is basically used in cardiac patients as well as stroke patients because clopidogrel is processed by 2C19 and fluoxetine inhibits it. So just make sure that you look at the drug interaction when you're prescribing fluoxetine. Hey, that is it for fluoxetine. So fluoxetine is like the big deal for fluoxetine is this long half-life. So take your time when you're titrating up and take your time when you're titrating down as well. And then be careful for serotonin toxicity if you're going to switch Make sure you give enough time for the fluoxetine to be out of the system. Uh, also, a big deal would be the drug interaction. Seems like it's a potent inhibitor of 2D6, 2C19, 3A4, and a lot of cardiac medications uses these enzymes, especially clopidogrel, which for it to be active, it needs to be metabolized by 2C19. And so if fluoxetine is blocking this enzyme, they might get to a stage where their platelets are functioning too well. And there's one more thing actually, fluoxetine is that once you hit an 80 milligram dosage, the FDA requires that you get an EKG because it can be associated with QTC prolongation. And fluoxetine, this is a poor question for people, it can inhibit its own metabolism because fluoxetine is metabolized by cytochrome 2D6. It inhibits 2D6, so it can actually inhibit its own metabolism, increasing its plasma level. So those are the two things to be a little bit careful with fluoxetine. That's good to know. And so even though it can prolong QTC, this is not a problem. Do you get to 18 milligrams? Yes. 
I think that's it for Fluoxetine. All right. Next, we have Duloxetine. This is my favorite medication. <laughs> so, Duloxetine is a lot of people's favorite medication, right? It's used actually by internal medicine. It's used by rheumatology. Uh, it's used by pain medicine people. So, it's a very it's a favorite medication by a lot of specialities, right? Mm. So, Duloxetine is not an SSRI, it's an SNRI, right? It inhibits serotonin transporter as well as norepinephrine transporter. So it'll increase two different neurotransmitters. Now, duloxetine, one thing to be a little bit cautious about duloxetine is its short half-life. So duloxetine, if a patient misses a dose, they will feel those side effects by the end of the day or the next day, right? So I always tell the patients actually keep few pills in your office drawer so that even if you forget to take it at home, when you're in your office, you have prescription few pills that you can take to prevent because the serotonin withdrawal can be pretty unpleasant. So that is one thing that I'll be careful with duloxetine because a lot of patients will stop it if they start experiencing the withdrawal symptoms, right? Because a lot of times patients think if you're withdrawing, that means that you'll get addicted to it. That's not the situation here. We talk about the definition of addiction when we talk about substance use disorder. So Duloxetine, few things about duloxetine, right? It's great in patients with major depressive disorder, but it also has some off-label uses. Duloxetine can also be used in patients who have major depressive disorder with stress incontinence. It's not FDA approved for it, but it works in patients with stress incontinence. Duloxetine can also be used in patients with chronic pain who have depression with chronic pain. Duloxetine can also be used in patients who have depression with fibromyalgia because patients with fibromyalgia can have depression. Few things about duloxetine. You should be careful in patients with liver disease. If patients have liver disease, you should not prescribe duloxetine to those patients. Patients have renal disease, you have to be careful actually prescribing duloxetine, right? If the creatinine clearance is less than 30 ml per minute, stop duloxetine, right? Because it will cause accumulation of its metabolite that can be toxic. Otherwise, it's a great medication to be used. Uh, well, yeah, so duloxetine is a great drug. So. Seems like it's a shot actor one, so be careful for those withdrawal. It's an SNRI, so it helps with pain, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, neuropathic pain. Be careful with liver disease and renal disease. So severely renal disease with creatine clearance less than 30. That's when you should probably stop using duloxetine. Thanks. And another thing I think before we end is to duloxetine, also be careful with drug interaction because it's a moderate cytochrome 2D6 inhibitor. So be careful combining with medication that is metabolized by 2D6, especially cardiac medications. So pay some attention on the drug interaction when you're prescribing it. What's QTC prolongation like? The daytime is patients who have overdose of duloxetine because it's an SNRI, it can cause tachycardia, right? But the problem with a lot of the research article is that they've used Bezet's formula to calculate the QTC interval. But when you use Bezet's and the patient has tachycardia, it will overcorrect for the QTC. So you should not use Bezets. You should use other uh, formulas for calculating the QTC interval. So duloxetine can still be used. Just make sure that the patient doesn't have an underlying cardiac condition. But if the patient has an underlying cardiac condition, I'll say just get an EKG uh, just for the medical legal purpose, right? You don't have to, but just for the medical legal purpose, monitor the QTC and just monitor the patients while they're on duloxetine. And that's it for today's episode on the why in psychiatry. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Our tireless team is already hard at work 
cobbling together another potpourri of fascinating discussion for next week, so be sure to tune in. Visit our website and our podcast feed and let us know your thoughts on the episode. Subscribe so you don't miss our releases every Wednesday. Until next time, keep smiling, keep shining, and stay curious.